Hour 2 on the Jim Davis Show, Buckeye and Baked Goods, and the subtle sounds of a mix between John Randall and RuPaul, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. It is a Wine About It Wednesday brought to you by our friends at Talon Wine. You can get yours in on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team text line 970-242-1340. And best wine of the day gets a bottle of delicious Talon Wine. Our friend James out there came to us with the idea years ago. And we're now uh, now proud partners. We're, we're giving enthralled. Away, yes, we're enthralled. We're giving away that bottle of wine every Wednesday to the best wine on the text line, 970-242-1340. I have a, uh, a wine unrelated to the one I had last Friday, okay. driving-related. Um, our late colleague, Buffalo Mark. Oh, yes. His Facebook? His Facebook has been hacked, and I have tried so many times to report to Facebook his account's been hacked, or the the posts on there are not from him because he's sadly right. no longer alive. And every single time, Facebook has come back with, "We reviewed the photos and we reviewed the posts. It does not violate our community standards. It does not violate because it's it's like an ad. It's like a weight loss. This worked for me, and it's, it tags a lot of his friends in it, and it is irritating. I'm with you there. So irritating, and because it's jarring to see you've been tagged in a photo by Mark Felton, like. Uh, he no, died. I haven't. He's passed away. It's un- Yeah, it sucks. I've done the same thing. I get the same thing. I just, at some point, I just kind of like, eh, this sucks. And I, because then, then you have to go to his page and you have to remove the tag. And it's, it's kind of, it's just, it's a drag, man. That's unfortunate. And it's like, been over there, a year now, too. And like, there's no, you can't just call Facebook. You know, like, no, I no... don't have the Mother Zuckerberg's uh, direct line. And apparently, I was reading this the other day that apparently Zuckerberg, in his infinite wisdom, mm-hmm. is thinking about potentially rolling out a paid Facebook subscription service, which would ironically include customer support for if your account gets hacked. I love I, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing. I'm never gonna pay for Facebook Not, if it comes I would to never. that. Same thing with I Twitter or never. Instagram or whatever. I'm never gonna pay for that. No, God, no. But if they offer me some things that I don't get now with regular Facebook, like if it's two dollars a month and I don't get any sponsored ads. Thank you. Thank you. Can you put things in order? I want the most recent post by any of my friends or pages I follow at the top. I don't want to be like, just now, four days ago, 38 minutes ago, five days ago, March 15th of 2021. It's like, I no, put them in order, please. And also, this is, this is directed at a company here in town, and I'm not going to say which one. If you're going to post something... That is of a breaking news caliber. Right. Put the town that it's happening in on your Facebook post so people don't lose their mind. It's like, oh, did you see this story? I'm like, yeah, that was three weeks ago, but it was in like Hampton Roads. It was. No, it says right here. No, no, you no, got to no, click no. onto the story. Yeah. Please, please do that for the rest of us. For all our yeah. sanity. So there's a couple of good wines, impromptu wines. Social media, kind of as a whole, the comment section and 
keyboard warriors and the whole thing. It's, we it's can do that every ball. week. Yeah, but please, for the love of God, Meta, Mother Zuckerberg, just just put fix things it. in order. Just fix you know your what? site, please. If you want to have sponsored ads because that's how it keeps it free for the rest of us, fine. I get that in an industry that requires on commercials to subsidize our paychecks. Yes. Right? I understand, and I get it, and I'm perfectly fine with it. I am more apt to, you know, let a random commercial slide than most people, I guess. If so, if, if that's the cost of doing business on Facebook that we have to go through or Instagram have to go through sponsored ads, at least put the posts in order. Right? Is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. You know? And I swear there used to be a feature that you could do that too. You you could. could, You could set it to, like, show in order or something. Then it was you could go to top stories and the feed, but it would default to top stories, so you had to click it every time, most recent. And then they just did away with that because apparently that's too hard to do. Like, and even Twitter does that, too. We want to get into Twitter. Twitter's... Twitter's its own mess. Twitter is, is a mess, and that's not just the comment section. It's the it's the whole thing. But anyway, at least you don't have the random little at least I don't I co- don't come across the anonymous eggs anymore, which is I kind of miss it, but I kind of don't, you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. there's some good wines to get you started on a uh, wine about a Wednesday. Chick-fil-A breakfast team text line 9702421340. By the way, it is 806, the 8 o'clock hour every single day around these parts. Is the Country Financial Hour. Preston Lee at Country Financial believes in rebuilding in building relationships, supporting the community, serving others. Have a chat with him. Let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him. Preston Lee country financials so the law firm of Peyton and Peyton we're in Indianapolis no no not helping Brett Favre sue Pat McAfee which is its own hilarious story but they were there at the combine because the Broncos Sands first and second round picks I believe this year definitely a first round pick they were there scouting up some guys that a lot of some first round guys aren't going to be at the combine at least working out but it is an interview process for a lot of them and uh, it was the first time since the introductory press conference that the Paytons had a press conference. And they appeared together, Sean Payton first, George Payton back-to-back after that, which there's a funny comment from Sean we'll get to at the very end of this segment. But, of course, one of the questions turned to the coaching staff that Sean Payton has assembled. Parcells wanted to be around younger coaches. He talked about it all the time. And so I like being around younger coaches now. I mean, I still consider myself a younger coach, but then, you know, I sit in the room and listen to these young coaches that I enjoy. You get energized. And then there's some experience, and there's just a little bit of everything. And, and I, and there wasn't any design. I think it was just finding the best people. So Bo was brought up, Dan Dalrymple and the strength conditioning. You know, we've got another hire we're going to make over there. But um, each step of the way, there's been – there's been a vision as to what does this ingredient bring to the recipe. And I, I can say that. And I think that's the, the unique thing of, of putting together a staff, of really trying to anticipate how the room will interact. Greg Minuski, you guys will have a chance to get around these guys. You know, he himself has got a unique personality and so, someone that I was drawn to. You know, he's got experience, he's played, and, and I think that anywhere he's been, his players have spoken highly of him. So 
there's a lot of thought that way as to how the, how it all comes together. And he was asked about the process of defensive coordinators, Matt Patricia, Rex Ryan, Vic Fangio, you know, Wade Phillips, anybody that came to mind and settled, yes, settled, on Vance Joseph. And here is his talk about the process itself. Regarding Vance and Rex and the other defensive coordinators that we interviewed, um, you know, we went through the process, you know, a couple steps to it. You know, we felt like we were going to be real patient with that hire and, and try to dig as much as we could relative to the fit and finding the right, the right guy. Rex, Matt, um, Sean Desai, all those guys were, were outstanding. But in the end, there, there were a few things that, that I felt that Vance was going to bring, um, and not necessarily because he had experience in Denver, but really more what he was able to do, believe it or not, in Arizona. That, that was a tough job for a number of years. Um, so we're excited to have him uh, on our defensive staff. We still have a few positions to finish with defensively. We're down to maybe a quality control spot on offense. So we're, we're getting close. So I'm going to parse that answer a little bit. All right. I'm going to read between the lines, and I'm going to – Read something on body language that you can't see, but also kind of, I'm going to hear unsaid things. All right. All these guys we interviewed, we liked for the job. But our first four or five options all had better options for them or took other jobs. And we were kind of left with Vance Joseph. That's how it felt, right? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. With... All these guys are great. The name he didn't mention was Vance. Now, that might be just a general oversight. Or, <clears throat> damn, this is the only guy left. All right. Job's yours, I guess. Kind of felt that way to me. I don't know. If you feel otherwise, pile, get in on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. George Payton took to this podium to talk about the early returns on working alongside Sean Payton. been a busy month. Uh, obviously, I've really enjoyed... Uh, working side by side with Sean and, and I thought that, you know we have good chemistry together a lot of collaboration you know since we made the trade you know we've been off and running and uh, Sean you know putting the staff together and and uh, you know we've been in draft meetings uh, free agent uh, prep so a lot going on in a short time I think we've accomplished a lot but you know we have a long a long way to go um, couldn't be more impressed with Sean and, and the staff he, he put together I know he's got a few more uh, hires, but he's been methodical throughout the process. You know his attention to detail. Um, he had a vision for what he's looking for, and 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 uh, I felt he hired a, a really good staff. And so, uh, be good to, with the new coaches to get with the scouts this week, talk players. The more we can talk and collaborate, you know, the better uh, decisions we will make. And and so this will be a real productive uh, week for us. We get back, we'll get into more free agent meetings with the coaches. George Payton channeling his inner vanilla ice, talk, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> I know it was stopped, but it was funny. Uh, he also was asked about specific players. Uh, injured Garrett Bowles, free agent Draymond Jones, and uh, Jerry Judy, who we talked about yesterday, just got better as the season went along. Here's Payton's thoughts on Double J. Really happy with how Jerry finished off the season, you know, um, especially the last couple of games. And, and uh, we make those decisions, I believe, in May. You know, right near the draft, we'll make that decision. But really happy with where Jerry's at. I believe Jerry's got that fifth-year option decision coming up for the Broncos. A free agent, that's another decision. Franchise tag, attempt to re-sign, let walk, is Draymond Jones. 
Very positive. Spoken with his agent, uh, Kyle McCarthy from Athletes First. Had a number of conversations with Draymond. Draymond's a very good player. Uh, you know, he's one of our core players on defense, and so they've been very positive. Also talked about uh, the health of Garrett Bowles and where a healthy Garrett Bowles fits into what they hope would be a new-look offensive line. We need to upgrade at the offensive line. We, we do expect Garrett uh, to be to be healthy. Um, there's a lot of different ways to acquire any position, you know, free agency, the draft. Uh, it just kind of depends what's stronger. Is it, is it free agency stronger or is the draft stronger? And, and obviously we need to upgrade there in the offensive line. The last couple come from Sean Payton, and he was asked about Russell Wilson, the office, the office, the parking spots, and the Jake Heaps thing. All of the which, athletic stuff. Yeah, that, but also remember his introductory press conference. They had the media scrum afterwards, and he said, well, that's, that's not going to happen here about the Russ-employed coaches in the building having this access thing. That got a lot of different reactions, a lot of whom were like, oh, I wonder how that's going to fit with the new star quarterback. You know, you don't want a prima donna on your hands, but still. And then there was like, yeah, yeah, put him in their place. You're the coach. You're the boss. There was some of that. And Sean Payton, he didn't walk back his comments. But? But he went forward a little lighter. A lot was made of that, and it was just an honest answer. I know what, like what I'm familiar with, and what I'm expecting. And so, you guys will hear me throughout this season. At some point, at some point, we'll digest 22, or you guys will digest 22. But for me, and this team, when we get into the off season, you know, I'm going to park a car with no rear view mirrors. I don't know what this one's called either. That's a rear view mirror, side view mirrors. Those will all be gone. And uh, you know, we got to get past. All those different difficult things. It was a tough year, and so someone said it last night. I forget what I was watching. You know, if they have success last night. I don't think the upstairs meeting room matters to anybody. I don't think it matters because I didn't see any articles from any of you. You know, prior to week one or week two, and that was happening. But it that's that's what happens when you lose. Then everything gets looked at closely, and in including the coaching. So, um, yeah, and we'll have a way of doing business. And, and I think uh, I think it'll be um, what I'm familiar with and, and best for the players. Two thoughts about what, watching that video of the press conference and mm-hmm. two, hearing the sound. One, uh, I know he probably doesn't listen to this show, but I did. And Jim and I both kind of gave the team and Russ a lot of crap about the office and the parking spots in July and August. And it didn't have anything to do with the wins and losses. I, we still thought it was a bad look. And that's coming from a Broncos fan, Jim, and one that's not in me. Two, get your popcorn ready. Because this could very well get into a contentious press conference type area with Sean Payton. Because he gives zero you-know-whats about pissing off members of the media. Oh yeah, He went with the, the finger wave and then the two-point from any of you. And I was just like, oh, damn, this could get fun. Especially when you have him paired with the Goodmans and the Otwell types, right? Yeah. Because you have a guy that's, they're not listening to the fans. And then you have Sean Payton, who just doesn't give a damn. 
on what media says about his his job. And Denver and media. And he'll tell you. And Denver media is nothing if not. We'll say um, they really, really love you if you're really doing well. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, it's going to, you know. The, it's but not. there's. But it's also on a spectrum a bit, right? Because there's your, a wide spectrum in Denver. You have your Eric Goodmans of the world, and then you have like your Romy Beans of the mm-hmm. world, or you know, and and somewhere in between. That's it. Kind of depends on where you land, depend on which company or which outlet you work for, and right. And now I I will say this: I consume a lot of those media members' coverage of the Broncos, while a former. Team cheerleader Romy Bean is not necessarily just a Broncos cheerleader, but there's a relationship there, so the coverage may be a little softer. There are ways to be critical without saying stupid things, like Goodman with the just as embarrassing. It's a slap. It's a slap in the face. One of the well, what is uh, to not tell us how many assistants have been hired and their names in February. That's stupid. But to be like, wow, they've really, they're kind of keeping this close to the vest. They don't want anybody to know this. Info. Like, we, Cody, we talked to Cody Rourke. We'll have him coming up in about five or so minutes. We talked to him a few weeks back. There's nothing getting out that they don't want out. Right. And he didn't say, well, that's stupid or a bad thing. He didn't say, that's great. It's brilliant. It is what it is. I hate that phrase, but he it's kind of where he took it. And he's right there in the middle. If they're being bad, he will criticize them. If they're being good and deserve praise, he'll praise them. And if it's something that needs to be broken down analytically, he'll do that. Cody's one of those guys that's right there in the middle. He's not a jock carrier that there are some people over there like that. And then there's other people that don't need to have a relationship with the team, don't have a relationship with the team, but have the fair and balanced non-rose-colored glasses. You got a wide spectrum over there, and it'll happen with any big city. They're not. They're not a monolith. No, they're not like St. Louis, which is just glowing. They're the most brilliant fans in baseball. Oh, yeah, the team's only 177 games. But dang, the fans are so smart. You know what I mean? And oh, they're yeah. not New York, which is, oh, you went 15 and 1. You suck and should be replaced. So it's not that. There's a nice balance there because if they were all you know, the normal level-headed, then we would have lost like an hour of content on Monday. So you got to take it for what it is. The last clip comes from Sean Payton working with George Payton, who famously was with the Minnesota Vikings when Sean Payton coached in Minnesota and the miracle and the whole thing. I don't know. We just had our first coffee together at the Combine. So it's day by day. By day. Um, no, we, we had interviews last night. Um, I really enjoy... I really enjoy our time so far that we've shared. Um, He's, I don't want to say his personality is similar to Mickey's, but there's a, is an interesting uh, comparison. He loves scouting. Um, So we flew in yesterday. We were at interviews last night. Um, I think he's going to follow me. Oh, he's waiting. That's why I'm getting the two questions challenge. All right, I'm sorry, George. I still haven't recovered from the Minneapolis miracle, and so that's the one like trump card. That, like he brought up something the other day. They were just talking. Oh, do you remember when this happened? And I'm like, you're not talking about that right now, are you? True GM of the Broncos. 
to bring it up. That's George Payton. We got Cody Rourke coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, we went a little long in that segment. We have more NFL stuff to talk about a little bit later, but we want to get to our guys this hour with plenty of time for chatting. But right now it's time for the prep pop quiz with the locker room. You get a gift certificate to the locker room in Fruta. And the first correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340. What's the last school in Mesa County to play in a boys or girls state title game in basketball? Ooh. Last school in Mesa County to play in a boys or girls basketball state title game. Of course, Delta from Delta County. They'll play in the grade eight coming up Friday night. On 95.7, the monkey. But the prep pop quiz, last school in Mace County to play in a boys-girls basketball state title game. First correct answer on the text line, 970-242-1340. Gets the gift certificate to the locker room. Cody Rourke from Ma High Sports coming up next on the Jim Davis Show. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back to the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye and Baked Goods, born in the USA to uh, 825 on a uh, Wednesday morning. Cody Rourke in a meeting right now, so we're going to maybe hopefully shoot for Cody Rourke coming up at 920. He says he's good at 920, so we'll uh, talk with Maha High Sports' Cody Rourke coming up in about an hour on the Jim Davis Show. So we can work in some of those... uh, NFL tidbits that we didn't get to uh, in around the NFL. Oh, and I, I completely, I failed a big, big fat phony. I forgot the uh... the latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. Yeah, so there we go. We'll go with secondary around the NFL segment, second down, if you will. We have actual four-down territory coming up in just a little bit. Voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee, confirmed for 840. That's coming up in a uh, few minutes. Uh, The GM of the Eagles met the media at the Combine yesterday and kind of said what everybody says, but he also realized that. He says, just because this is Howie Roseman, Just because you say you're going to get back, every team that loses the Super Bowl says, we'll be back, we'll be back. Well, we've got to make that happen. How do we make that happen? By continuing to do the right things, have the right process, and give our coaches the right kind of players. Best reason for optimism, according to Roseman, is the biggest piece of the puzzle is in place. The way our quarterback played in that game is incredibly exciting for our franchise and the future of our team. And that is... That's a good point there by Howie Roseman. That is absolutely accurate. Uh, free agent quarterbacks, uh, you can add Marcus Mariota to the list with David Carr and maybe available Aaron Rodgers, not necessarily a free agent, but after two and a half of four days in a darkness retreat. Also, Carson Wentz added to the list of available players. Let's see, we talked about Taylor Luan was released from the Titans. And they dropped all of his stuff at home, <laughs> which was kind of funny. I don't know if that's playful because there's a uh, there's a, quite a playful side to old Taylor Luan, but um, 
yeah, so that was that was pretty funny. But Marcus Mariota was cut. Some other guys from around the league that were cut yesterday. We mentioned Carson Wentz. Michael Brockers, the defensive end for the Lions, was cut. Chris Banjo, the safety from the uh, Cardinals. We talked about him. He was cut. Also, uh, some other guys that just uh, were released over the course of the last couple of days. Taylor want Robert Woods, wide receiver. We talked about him being cut uh, from the Titans as well. So there's there's some guys that just uh, did not make the cut, so to speak. But, and Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so I don't know if you saw it, Brian Gutekunst, the general manager mm-hmm. of the Packers. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Basically saying... It's not me, not on me, bro. And and I think the quote he said was, "We have free agency coming up. It'd be nice to know something soon regarding Aaron Rodgers," mm-hmm. which tells you more than what he's saying. Because what he's really saying is, "Aaron, I'm sick of your, you know what, this darkness retreat. You know, yeah. just tell me what you want. Do you want to be traded? Do you want another year here? Do you?" want us to cut you what you know mm-hmm. what's what do you want what do you want yeah and this the only really solid quarterback conversation in the NFC North right now is Jared Goff yeah because the bears are they going to tr- trade Justin Fields or are they going to trade out of number 1 and build around Justin Fields which they should trade mm-hmm. out of number one to, to help Justin Fields. Kirk Cousins' contract talks are on the table right now because last year he signed a one-year contract extension, so now he's essentially out there as a free agent, essentially. Quezé Adolfo Mensa, the general manager of the Vikings, says, you don't want to just be firing random darts at a quarterback in regards to finding someone else to play the position, but acknowledge that the team and the quarterback likely have different deals on what that new deal, different ideas on what that new deal would be, according to the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Obviously, from their side, they want as certain as possible, and from our side, we want flexibility. That's from Adolfo Mensa. You're always trying to be solutions-oriented and find a way that works for both people. He has as much important to this organization, maybe more than I do, so we all have to be on the same page and make sure that relationship works. So you can add him to that situation and, of course, Aaron Rodgers. So the NFC North, the most solidified quarterback is Jared Goff, of all people, who was discarded after taking to the Rams to a Super Bowl years ago. And I was I was watching a YouTube video a couple weeks ago that basically said part of the reason that Jared Goff has had a resurgence is because the offense is just designed so well. Mm-hmm. They run different motions. They run different different stuff from similar or the same packages. Yeah. The defenses have to kind of be like, we don't know what's coming. Which, I mean, I guess that's the goal of every offensive coordinator, but as it specifically relates to the Lions, they're so good at utilizing the skill set of Amon Ross St. Brown that it's almost impossible to tell which way one is going, and Jared Goff just has to get the guy that's open, Mm -hmm. which makes quarterback life so much easier. 
Yeah, and and they have the Hutchinson kid from Michigan on the defensive side. They need a lot of help defensively. They do. And I know Michael Brockers is getting up there in age, but I, I'm not sure if they're going to try to bring him back at a different price point. But that offense was fun to watch at times last year. That they, whole team. The whole team, because the defense, you never knew what was going to happen. Was Hutchinson going to get a sack and stop this drive? Was the opposing quarterback going to throw a 45-yard touchdown pass because they had nobody on the back end? It was hella entertaining every week. I'm just, for Lions fans, I'm not sure they really needed that many trips to the cardiologist. No. Also, there's the Don Van Natta ESPN article on Daniel Snyder. Ooh, boy. Ooh, brother. This is... Any, anything mentioning Dan Snyder these days, it's it's never going to be... Mm-hmm. It's never going to be good. It's never going to be good at all. And it just... Yikes. I have not seen the article. You want to give me okay. some, of the, some of the cliff notes? So... And I'm going to pretty much just read from Pro Football Talk because Mike Flory is a lawyer. He's kind of got it all summed up. But... He talks about Beth Wilkinson's investigation on the commanders. They dropped just kind of her report in front of the 4th of July weekend. It was very obvious at that point that the league was trying to protect Dan Snyder. This was almost two years ago now. And then we got the, well, Snyder's got dirt on Roger Goodell and all these other owners. And it sounded ridiculous But the more you read of the lengths they went to to protect Daniel Snyder from the other minority owners of the football team commanders at Al, you realize that, damn, he's got to have something. What wouldn't he have? That's the question. So the huge takeaway is... There's an current investigation by federal prosecutors in Eastern Virginia of the commanders and Snyder that the league is helping Snyder avoid because there's an improper $55 million line of credit that's blown up in his face. The loan allegedly wasn't approved by the team's board of directors, which is an issue because Bank of America, who the, the giver of the loan, required the full board approval and asked about it on multiple occasions. And Snyder's side didn't give it. And they had an issue with this. And Roger Goodell and the NFL kind of, they didn't necessarily force them, but they put up roadblocks to get them into arbitration between Snyder and the three partners that the league held a two-day mediation session that Roger Goodell was the mediator of. Oh, my God. And can you imagine how that happened, that the other three partners agreed to sell their shares for a certain amount, $875 million. And the article, it says that Dan Snyder had to go get another loan for that amount of money because he didn't have it to pay for them for being mad about the original line of credit that he also didn't have. If Stop me if you're sensing a pattern here. I, I, I am noticing a pattern of potential financial, um, we'll say at best, mm-hmm. discrepancies and at worst just outright right. criminal. And there's still the investigation going on by Mary Jo White, the 
NFL prompted of personal sexual misconduct by Snyder and financial improprieties by the team. There's the investigation by the Eastern District of Virginia. There was Beth Wilkerson's investigation. How all these tied together, I have no idea. But it, there's so much to break down for that ESPN piece. It's hard to fit it into one segment because there's so and much there of this this guy just screwing any and everyone he can out of any money for this team. And that's not even getting into something I saw that said that he like charged the team for yes. painting the for painting his plane. He charged the team four and a half million dollars to put the team's logo on his plane. The owner of the team charged the team to put the team's logo who the owner owns on the plane that the owner also owns. Like he charged that back to the team. That and also he's got a yacht which has a crew of like nineteen that he went for this yacht party in the Mediterranean with Jerry Jones. Those and a always others. those always end well. Yeah, but <laughs> not a Vikings yacht party. <laughs> um but all of that, the setup to have all these people on his yacht party, he charged to the team for advertising. Which, I don't know doing? whether legal or not, but that's kind of hinky. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a thing. Did we get a winner for the prep pop quiz? Yes, we did. All right. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Congratulations goes to Trevor. Correctly answering, DeBeck High School, the last Mesa County school to reach a girls or boys state basketball title game back in 2021. Yes, the boys, the the DeBeck Dragons lost to Bellevue Christian in 2021. Congratulations to Trevor. Wine on the text line. It is Wine About It Wednesday from Bry Guy, Morning B Team. My wine today is about mustard. Whenever I eat something with mustard, it always ends up somewhere it doesn't belong. My clothes, the table, the dog, etc. Obviously no fault of mine. We need to find a way to limit this pesky condiment's dangerous transgressions. Yes. And it's, and it's I, I'll go one step further, Brad Guy. It's the mustard packets specifically because I was doing PA for mm-hmm. a Mesa game recently and they were kind enough to offer us uh, food and it was sandwiches, and the sandwiches came with condiment packets. Yep. And I'm wearing a a, a relatively nice white shirt. White mm-hmm. shirt. And I am having the hardest time opening this mustard packet. And the referee before our game came up to our table, and he's like, "Hey, be careful with that white shirt." And as I'm sitting there, I'm realizing there's no way this ends without me getting mustard on my shirt. Me yeah. fighting the mustard packet you, right now. You gotta forego the mustard at that point I, I with the white up. shirt. I gave up. I and said, Nope, we're not doing this. Here's the thing about mustard. A very little goes a very long way. Yes, it does. A little bit of mustard is a great addition to a sandwich, burger, hot dog. Hundred percent. A lot of mustard means that's all that you taste. Yes. There are some, again, fast food joints in town. 
you go with the mustard on the burger as it comes, and you might as well just be eating a mustard in a bun because you can't taste anything else. Which, mustard, very <laughs> judicious with your mustard usage, Bob. There, there were some days in college where mustard on a bun was all, all I had. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It could have been worse. But I agree with Brian. Practice safe eating. Always use condiments. We'll take a break. Come back with Connor McGahee, voice of the Colorado Avalanche, next on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking avalanche hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahee, on the team. We welcome in the voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee, on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Connor, good morning. How are things? Things are good, boys. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing all right. We're enjoying this nice little winning streak after the win over Vegas. Jared Bednar with probably the understatement of the year. Yeah, we're playing pretty well right now. <laughs> well, and it's never like him to be understated. Never. Um, never, not at all. Mr. Understatement himself, Jared Bednar. Um, but no, I mean, he's... Uh, this is the type of of hockey that that we've been uh, that they've been sort of ramping up to, to play, and you you want to play this in March and into February and April, and, and not in October and November. Although it does help if you play it in every month. Uh, by the way, the Avalanche have now been five hundred or better in twenty six straight calendar months, which uh, ties a franchise record going all the way back to the nineties. Uh, the only two months that they didn't have a winning record were both Octobers of this year, uh, 22, and, and then last season, 21. But, um, yeah, the Avalanche are playing great, and they've taken some tough circumstances with the back-to-backs. they got points in all of them, uh, wins in all the one. And it's uh, nobody really predicted that, and most of it has been without Kale McCarr. And uh, that shows that there's – uh, a team effort, and your superstars are doing what they need to do. You're getting goaltending, and and it's all sort of uh, coming together at the right time for the Avs. Well, we'll get to Alexander Georgiev here in just a couple of minutes, but you mentioned they've won seven of eight. They've taken a point in eight straight. Their only regulation loss since uh, it turned to February was against uh, the Lightning in Tampa back on the 11th. But it's a team effort. But they're being carried by a guy that is big enough to to shoulder the load. Six goals in the last five games for the Moose. He's trampling fools like only a Moose can. <laughs> and you know what? Everybody loves the Moose, don't they? Um, and, and you know what? He's been doing this for almost the entire season. I mean, yet it, before this streak, he had his longest streak of games without a goal. But you knew that that, that wasn't going to last very long. Um, that when you're playing as well as Nico Rantanen is, he's the fastest avalanche player uh, to 40 goals ever, faster than Milan Hayduk, for, faster than, than Joe Sackick. Those are the only two 50-goal scorers in uh, avalanche history. Um, y- you know that the, the puck is just going to go in the net, and brilliant play uh, off a very strange decision from Aiden Hill to knock that out of midair, put it into an open net, he gets a deflection on the uh, Valerian Nachushkin one-timer on the power play. I mean, intentional or not, it still goes in. He's in the right place at the right time. And his, uh, to quote uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi for the entire season, his insight has served him well. And he's been in the right place in the right time, and he's got rewarded for that. So 
Ian Nathan McKinnon are tied for the team lead with uh, 71 points each, but McKinnon has uh, got to 71 points in just 47 games, which is the second most points per game in the National Hockey League, right behind Connor McDavid. I think the best thing for the Moose personally, as, as an individual player in the league and maybe his bank account going forward, is the fact that Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon have been banged up this year and the Avs are still winning. They, they're they now third in the Central Division, and a lot of it's thanks to the Moose. Yeah, and uh, the good news for Chris McFarland is is that he still has three years left on uh, on his current contract. So, uh, But yeah, anytime that you get to a, a milestone of of 40 goals or 50, uh, obviously uh, that's pocketed for the next time it comes around. But Miko has been very good and very sincere about the fact that he doesn't care about, uh, you know, three game winners in the last four. He doesn't care about getting to 40. He doesn't care about 29 games now where he has multi-goal efforts in an avalanche uniform. He just cares about, about winning. And that's where this group is at is, um, they know that despite all the injuries, they're in a place to repeat and uh, and go back to back. So that's that's where the focus is on now, and it will be easier to focus uh, after the trade deadline passes. Uh, when we are in the air to Dallas, ironically enough, coming up Friday afternoon. Nice. So you may get some late news on the uh, Avs trade market, and we'll get to that as soon as we get through. But you mentioned Alexander Georgiev. I'm going to call him the the Bulgarian brick wall here over the last three days. Nice last three games. I'm a big fan of alliteration. I love it. He has <laughs> two goals allowed in three games over the course of four days. He has been, and even in a win, he did give up five goals to Edmonton. But other than that, he's been playing really well. He's kind of starting to find that groove. Yeah, and everybody has an off day. And that, that Edmonton game, that Matthias Yadmark goal, is actually the last even strength goal that he gave up. Everything else has been on the power play. Uh, the one goal in Winnipeg was, and then the one game that the Tyler Toffoli goal at home versus the Flames was on the power play as well. So, And that was a big talking point earlier in the year where he would go these long stretches, and the only goals allowed were on the power play. And even now, the PK almost at 78% is the best that it's been all season for the Avs. So uh, Georgiev has found his groove, and I think because you get all kinds of goaltenders, and you run to more and more that I think like to have the confidence knowing that they're, they're number one and, and it's on them now. And, and some guys can handle it, some guys can't. Obviously, Georgiev can handle it because he's playing the back-to-backs. Um, he's been the goalie. I mean, he's been the only guy that's played really in, in almost three weeks now. Eustace Hannon got that win in St. Louis uh, last weekend on the back-to-back, but... Um, but Georgiev is playing some of the best hockey of his career, uh, and obviously he he didn't get the full shot in New York. He's getting the full shot now, and he's showing everybody while why he was uh, worth the trade from the Rangers. Speaking of uh, trades for goaltenders, the trade deadline coming up Friday, they picked up Keith Kincaid from uh, the Boston Bruins. I know he's going to report to the Eagles. That's at least according to nine news we we kind of know what jack johnson the other guy they they traded for this week we kind of know what he brings to the team he was here last year he's a guy that is just going to plug in on the blue line for this squad uh, talk to me about keith kincaid i know a couple years ago the avs had the issue where it seemed like every goaltender they put in in the playoffs got hurt they just kind of run out of dudes is this 
kind of an answer to that? Is this more of a, a depth move for maybe April, May, not necessarily the rest of the regular season? That's, that's exactly right. Uh, Chris McFarland spoke to the media before the game the other night. And on our flagship yesterday, 92.5 here in Denver with uh, Alex Ryan, Emmy, and Chris Dempsey. And he basically said that that, that, that was a depth move. When you have the playoffs, you, you travel with, with three netminders. Last year it was Camper Francois and Eustace Annanen was, was the third goaltender. And they just want to be prepared in case the injury to Francois takes longer than normal, just in case something else happens, where you have a guy with NHL experience, 168 games, Rangers, Devils, Bruins, he's been around, he knows his role. Uh, he's a hysterical human being, very funny man. Uh, so he's able to to keep uh, everybody loose, everyone talking about Louis Domingue doing that with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Keith Kincaid, uh, at Blockade One, which is a hysterical tw- Twitter handle, by the way, uh, is that guy. And so you have um, the the personality piece, which I think is important. Um, a, a wise man once said that on winning teams, you need character and you need characters, and that's what he is. But he also gives you some stability in case, uh, just in case of emergency. So that was the reasoning behind Keith Kincaid. I think it. It uh, it doesn't cost much, and uh, as Ben Franklin said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Coming up tonight for the Avalanche, they welcome in the New Jersey Devils at Ball Arena. Devils not nearly as hot as the Avalanche have been, but it seems as if when they get to that overtime session, they they get kind of deadly, so you need to take care of business and regulation against the Devils tonight, right? Well, yeah, well, I mean, the Avalanche are too. They have identical records past regulation. The Avs and the New Jersey Devils, ten and five, I believe. But uh, but Jersey has, uh, I would call them the best road hockey team in the National Hockey League. Uh, they're just for whatever reason, uh, kind of like Colorado lately. They they actually like playing away from home more than they like playing at home. So this is the start of a three game road trip for them. They have us tonight, and then they go Vegas, and uh, they wrap it up in the Mullet um, in Arizona. So. Um, they have just acquired Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks, uh, who was on the ice in Denver yesterday, but it doesn't look like he'll play tonight for New Jersey, according to Lindy Ruff, which actually could be some good news for the Avalanche. And because they haven't played the Sharks yet at all, they won't play Timo Meyer at all this season, uh, which is, which is a little bit strange, but, um, Jersey is for real. They, uh, are one of the teams to shut out the Avalanche this season, uh, Vanacek did that to Colorado in New Jersey back in October. And uh, I know the Avalanche um, were not happy with that performance. One of their worst face-off games of the season happened at Prudential Center. So, um, and like an elephant, they never forget. And uh, they, uh, they're definitely playing world's better hockey right now than they were uh, back in October. Voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee, joining us on the Jim Davis Show. Final question, and we'll turn you loose. I'm I'm a big conspiracy theorist, at least when it comes to sports leagues. Is the NHL going to give the Avalanche a day off at all because they gave them three games in four days and all these back-to-backs, and the Avs keeps winning? So they're going to be like, all right, fine, you don't need a day off at all. You're going to play 82 days in a row. <laughs> it, it's entirely possible. It'll, 
something never before seen in professional sports. They just play 82 games in a row. Good luck. And, you know, they'd get 100 and some points, and they'd have a nice three months off until the playoffs start, which would be handy. Hey, sounds good to me. It's all going according to plan. Exactly. All right, Connor, we'll catch you tonight on the Team Sports Network pregame coverage with uh, Mark Bertinoli at 6.30, and then uh, puck drop face-off at Ball Arena at 7 o'clock. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you. Thanks, Connor McGay. He voiced the Avalanche on the Jim Davis show. I still, I think they're gonna, they're gonna try the NHL. Like, they, Screw it. You guys don't need days off. They, they very well could. You heard Connor say it. It's always a possibility. <laughs> I just the back to backs. Those were. I awful. get it. You know, if you got to make a road trip somewhere, I understand. But playing like, in Winnipeg. And then come home to play Calgary. Couldn't you make say, that a Flames home game? I was going to say, that's just, that's a... Yeah. it Like, the regionality doesn't make sense. It boggles the mind. We need to uh, check in with Brian Roth before we actually call him here in a few minutes. But 9 o'clock hour is coming up. My High Sports Cody Rourke will join us uh, an hour behind schedule. He had a meeting, so we'll get him next hour. Uh, and also more of your wines on the text line if you have them. 970-242-1340.